0: An exciting moment. We're ready to reveal the five winners of our 2023 nine to noon short story competition. A wonderful response from you listeners. Thank you. Hundreds of entries on a huge range of themes. Our judges, Harry Ricketts and Tina Macariti, have again generously taken on the job of selecting five winners. Uh, the rights will be purchased. They'll be adapted for radio. They'll be broadcast on nine to noon uh, before Christmas, likely beginning later this month. Tina, Harry, and Tina, welcome. Thanks again so much for your time. I know how busy you are. Thank you. Oh, Tina. Thank you. Uh, let's crack straight in, Tina. Um, your experience of reading these stories, and then we'll talk to the reasons of uh, the ones you've chosen. But what was your overall experience of our listeners' contributions this year?
1: Oh, I think. I mean, I think it's a real privilege to. Um read people's stories, and they're obviously writing about things that affect them deeply um, and often having a go, um, maybe who haven't written before. I was kind of excited to see a lot of writing that seemed new and, and from people's lives, perhaps. Um, a number of the themes um, seemed to have common strands. So um, there were things like uh, experiencing the death of a parent or experiencing relationships problems or memories of childhood that came through. It's often very
0: personal, this competition in particular, isn't it? And as yeah. you say, I think a lot of people sometimes it's their first go or they haven't written much or they haven't written for a long time uh, and often give us a real insight into very personal things.
1: Yeah, and it, um, yeah, it was exciting to see um, yeah just people having a go and um, just some of the lovely kind of Pieces that had something to say. I think,
2: Harry. Hmm. Yeah. Well, of course, you know, anybody sitting down to write a story, whether they've written one before or they're very experienced, probably has some kind of idea about what a short story might be. So we saw, you know, Tina and I saw a real kind of range of approaches to short stories. You know, some some were more dialogue driven. Some had very little dialogue, but um, had a kind of narrator figure. Some were a kind of just a kind of glimpse into a life. Some had a a twist in the tale. Um, uh, Tina came came up with a terrific phrase from uh, the writer Claire Keegan: "A short story is an incision in time." Very goosebumpy kind of phrase mm. in itself, I think. So you know, we saw a, a terrific range of different kinds of stories and. Um, you know, we w- want to say that um, our conversation, you know, um, had a lot of near misses. You know, we had, I, I don't think, Tina, this is giving away anything too much. Yeah. We we drew draw up a long list, uh, a private long list of 10. And we had two in common. Um, and then we discussed, you know, the other ones that each had. Um, so, you know. Personally, that was that was a terrifically good experience in itself, you know. Because we come from, you know, obviously we come from different perspectives. Tina's a much more experienced short story writer than me. Uh, I've read a lot of short stories over the years. Tried to write them years ago. Uh, I mostly write poems, which often have narrative in them. So, you know, it was um, it was an impressive an impressive array, and it's good to know that there are so many people out there who want to get stories down.
0: One of your challenges is, of course, that in some cases you might have a great story, but it's a less experienced writer. In another, Mm. there's there's some sophisticated writing. Just to help listeners going forward, uh, what are the the really key elements to making a short story work well,
1: Tina? Yeah, um, well, I think the ones that won out in the end were often quite simple, clear prose. Um, So... I think when, especially when you're trying something new, you you've got huge ambition and you're trying to um, do something pretty exciting on the page. But bringing it back to basics and just getting those, um, you know, that clarity and um, and um, you know, I I just want to encourage people to keep trying. As 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 Harry said, you know, we actually had it. That's twenty, you know. No, eighteen altogether that we were looking at um, between us. (laughs) Try and do some maths on the fly here, Um, but learning more about the craft um, and reading lots of short stories are um, are things that we would recommend for um, keep keep putting your stories into competitions like this and keep developing that craft.
0: All right, uh, let's get to the five winning stories. You two take over here, please. Harry, you want to speak to the first one.
2: Yes. OK, uh, I just add to what Tina said, you know, read lots of stories and read as a writer as well as a reader. So think about how people do it. Um, that, I think that's very helpful. So the first one, the first one is called All Things Considered. And, you know, how might you write a subtle, compassionate story about the war in Ukraine? Well, this is one way you might do it. And one of the things I particularly admired was the way that the reader is trusted to work out where we are, who the narrator is, why the narrator's there. Um, So there was reader trust, a very important aspect, I think, of of all writing, but particularly perhaps short stories. Um, And the feeling here is generated, as, as Tina said earlier, as much by what's not being said as by what is being said. So good dialogue, good spare, loaded dialogue. And we definitely end up thinking, so what does it mean, all things considered?
0: So that winner is...
2: Oh, we don't have... Oh, ah, Tim that Saunders, I have the
0: name. Oh, Tim Saunders that is the author
2: of all things That number considered. is 22. You want the numbers, <laughs> number of course we
0: do. Come in number 22. <laughs> number 22. Congratulations to Tim Saunders. <laughs> Tina,
1: <laughs> Tina, your next one, please. Okay, I hope you have the name of this one. I do. Um, so I'm not sure what order I gave it to you with, but um, I uh, the one I've got in front of me is Bunnies in Space. So that I That should
0: win just for the title, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. I loved I loved I loved how silly
1: this was, but um so I enjoyed the voice, um and really dry humour, genuinely laugh out loud moments. Um I enjoyed the way this one makes fun of sci fi tropes. It you know, subverts expectations of what we think aliens might want from us and so to To clarify, the protagonist, Sam, is kind of this really familiar Kiwi bloke um, and an alien lands in his backyard and he names the alien Jeff, but Jeff is many, so multiples of Jeff. Um, (laughs) And he's a bit disappointed because he says this is basically your typical alien. Um, But then he finds out that Jeff is not really the typical alien, even though Jeff looks like the typical alien. Um, So... Uh, yeah, I just love the way it played with um, the sci-fi genre. Um, it's clear, succinct writing, and it was unexcep- um, unexpected. Um, but it's a bit silly too. But so it's nice to have something that doesn't take itself too seriously. Sounds like it would be great fun, adapter for radio too. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> Bunnies
0: in Space is by Robert Fisherman. Congratulations, Robert. Back to you, Harry.
2: Okay, so the next one, which is number one hundred and thirty on our our list, uh, is called Love Like Lemons, and this, um, the overall story here uh, about love is told through two inset stories. This is not complicated when you read it, but it may sounds a little bit complicated when I say it, and these two inset stories revolve around, in different ways, around love and lemons. Um, so it's a story that has layers within layers, and it leaves the reader or the listener to reflect on what they think about love, what kind of metaphor or what kind of image or what kind of story might they tell themselves about love, both in perhaps in general, but also in terms of their own lives. So I, I thought this was this was a a very compelling story and. Um, one of the things I think about all of these stories that we ended up uh, choosing, and some that were very close, was that we wanted to read them again. So it wasn't mm-hmm. just the first reading. It, the first reading kind of prompted you to want to go back and reread and, and p- perhaps pick up things that you'd missed the first time through.
0: Fantastic. Love Like Lemons is by Sam Reese. Congratulations, Sam. Tina yeah've got one
1: more for us, I think I do um so this one is called some other Richard um I like this a lot um as i said um a, a kind of there were a number of elegiac stories like an, a number of stories about um meditating on or thinking about someone who'd passed on, and um this was one of the most affecting in the way it kind of quietly sits, <clears throat> excuse me, with the loss of a father and I liked. The son's final moment of um, sharing the final moment with his father, but it's kind of unusual in that he's driving his father from one end of the island to the other. So it's uh, he's you know sharing that moment in a hearse. Um, the The thing that really worked for me is there were underlying tensions that ran through the story, but they weren't overstated. Um, and the way I also enjoyed the way it, it doesn't shy away from real emotion at the end but it also doesn't over-dramatise. So again, this narrator is, um, you know, he's he's a very familiar Kiwi bloke, um, but also he's been in trouble, some trouble in his life. And that's a really hard thing to do. So kind of admired, the, you know, um, how, especially in a short story, I think, you have to figure out how much drama to put into the story and how much to pull back, how much restraint is as we mentioned earlier, um, what not to put in. And um, I think this story does that well. Some Other
0: Richard is by Andrea Pollard. Congratulations, Andrea. One more to go, Harry, and it's yours.
2: OK, the last one is called The Wanderer, which is 167 in our numbering. And this is a, a story that's built on a childhood memory of uh, the narrator fishing with her father, um, and a spooky presence uh, that they witness, um, and it's it's full of terrific. I'm not a fisher fisher person myself, but but anybody who enjoys fishing is going to love this story, uh, just for the fishing detail. I think the particularity of the rods that are used and um, and all of that side. Um, so it works very well, I think, on on that kind of realistic level, but it's got this this kind of eeriness about it at the same time which um i think i think perhaps all kind of perhaps all childhood memory stories do have um you know Mm -hmm. in real life as well as on the page but there's something there's something haunting about our recollection of the past and how it stayed with us um and the story definitely catches that and you know a beautifully, sparely written story.
0: The Wanderer is by Richard Benfield, or Benefield, Benfield, I suspect. Congratulations, Richard. Thanks, all of you. We'll be in touch. Don't call us, we'll call you, as they say. We'll be in <laughs> touch very shortly <laughs> to discuss what happens from here, and we'll look forward to bringing those stories to life as uh, radio stories uh, within the next month or so. Harry and Tina, you're just both so generous, can't appreciate you enough uh, to to treat uh, our uh, stories, our cordial from our listeners, uh, with uh, with your precious time and to bring your expertise to it. Thank you again, Namihinui. Oh, nga Thank you. Tina makariti, Harry Ricketts. Uh, very exciting. I'm looking forward to hearing those. Thank you to everyone who entered. I hope it was a, a great exercise uh, for you, and you keep up your writing.